Good afternoon, morning, night, whatever time you're listening to, middle of the night. Maybe you've woken up at 1 a.m. and now you want to... Woken up at 1 a.m.? Now I'm old. Maybe you've woken up at 4.30 a.m. What's an hour that people don't wake up? That's, I mean, that's usually like middle of the night, I would say. 4.30, that's like cold. 4.30. Oh no. What Another episode of Making It in Movie Making with me, the strangely crazy today Richard Fish, and today's guest, April, is it Yanko, right? Yes, Yanko. I'm so professional. Okay, guys, if you're still with me to this episode, this is where it all gets derailed. <laughs> you got it, though. You were right. Yeah. So, um, all right. I kind of want to go like, so tell me about your butt stuff. <laughs> Just all about it? <laughs> yeah. Of course, of course. Well, I suppose I can start by saying butt stuff is the name of a short film I have made. So it is not just, this is not that kind of a show. Um, <laughs> and it is an idea that I had, uh, I made three years ago about. And um, through different things that happened, circumstances, I ended up, uh, I put it off for a long time. And then I learned how to edit myself. I learned how to do a lot of different things so I could put it together the way I wanted to see it. And now it is, uh, it had a crowdfund, it is done and it was 124% successful. And I am now, it's, it's finishing its color and then needs end credits and then it will be finished, finished. And it is very weird that it has taken so long to finish it. <laughs> and that people will finally be able to see it soon. So the crowdfund that I saw, I mean, maybe you did yes. others that I don't know about, but it seemed unusual in that it was almost like a post-production and distribution crowdfund. Yeah, and I guess that is a little unusual, but it is very helpful because then you have a bunch of stills and uh, like footage just to show people, kind of like to prove that you are capable of like what you said you were going to do you know you can like show people the thing that they're getting into that they're contributing to and um while at the same time you know having a um crowdfund a coach of mine has pointed out they are backing you they are not necessarily backing the film like they sure they like the film but they really are more so supporting you as a filmmaker as an artist so you know it's it's a combo of <laughs> how i got my funding um but i am very thankful that i did i've kind of got two branches of questions i'm gonna i'm gonna go with the like selfish i'm interested in how this works one first uh, <laughs> i'm happy to share what i know so from what you just said are you saying that like your crowdfunding is like a lot of people who are personally connected to you that are likely to contribute to that yes um i sent about 900 messages to people through different channels. Um, and they were people that some of them I knew well, some of them I met on previous sets, some from school, but like, I don't think I sent, I, I never sent a message to anybody that I was like, I like straight up do not know who this is. Um, we had some sort of contact prior. Some of them were like fans of my stuff on Instagram. So in a way, I guess I don't know who those people are, but they are like not, 
cold. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that was a nice thing that I didn't necessarily feel like I needed to be uncomfortable <laughs> talking to people that I didn't want to talk to. Um, and then, yeah, I had a message that I sent everybody that was a, um, you know, a, like this is a thing that I'm working on. I know that this is a really random message, I would always say, so that people kind of knew that I'm aware, I'm self-aware of what's going on. Um, and then I would say a quick thing about the project. I would say about following the project because Seed and Spark, the platform that I used for the crowdfund, that, pro uh, that platform rewards you for followers, um, for different amounts of followers. I would say, of course, you know, if there was anything you could contribute, that would be like super appreciated because every little bit counts. But, and then at the end, I would say, like, ultimately, the follow is so helpful. And please let me know what I can do to help you too. Um, because it's always good to show that I am like, this is a two way street. And yeah, that that message, um, a very similar build of that message, sometimes a little shorter, but uh, that basic script was sent to a lot of different people. And some people donated that I did not ask to, so that was really cool too. But um, for the most part, yeah, everybody I did uh, interact with, I knew for the most part. <laughs> so how does the platform reward you for followers? Like, what, what does that mean? So for 250 followers, there's an amount of um, discount products that they give you, which I wasn't necessarily focused on 250. I was focused on 500. So there's a tier for 500 and 1,000 and 250. The 500 tier followers tier gives you submissions to, uh, I believe it's 35 different film festivals for free. And some of those film festivals are Holly Shorts, Atlanta, and Austin, which are all like very good film festivals, some Oscar qualifying film festivals. Um, they also now for a thousand followers will try to help with distribution of your film. Like they will be the ones to do that for you. But with 500, they will let you consult with the people that were the like ones that would just do it for you for the thousand. So I wanted this distribution consultation reward, um, which has different compartments to it, but ultimately I wanted it because I'm really hoping to sell butt stuff to Adult Swim or something similar, because I do think that is a very good matching tone home for it. <laughs> so how many did you get in the end? Did you break the thousand or? I, I wasn't even trying to do a thousand because it was very hard to do um, even just 500, but I got, um, I believe the number right now is 516. And the number that we ended with, I think was 511. And some people retroactively, I don't know if they count, but yeah, some people are following it still, <laughs> which is cool. Cause you know, we can still share updates with these people. When you follow it, what happens is you get on Seed and Spark, there's a messaging tool that you can use. And that tool allows you to email everybody that um, followed and you can just, give them an update and, you know, don't want to be spammy about it. So um, we haven't made too many of those <laughs> and I'm planning, you know, we'll do one when the film is done, done, which is, I don't know, hopefully soon, hopefully before the end of the month, 
Yes. As, as a <laughs> random follower in the sea, yes. I got a couple of those emails and I, I did read them as well. And um, there's two of you writing though, but what I really liked is they're kind of funny. So like the, the tone. I know. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> I guess, I mean, I, so being on that platform and trying to, uh, you know, sometimes other filmmakers would reach out to me who were like kind of struggling because my campaign, I, I mean, I trained with a coach learning how to do a crowdfund campaign. So it was by no means an accident that it was successful, but some other people, I felt so bad, you know, you see like they've been on for almost the entire length of their campaign and they're only like 20% funded. And you're like, oh, that's so sad. <laughs> and so I like, and some of them are reaching out to me about like following their campaign and they would follow, like kind of follow for follow, you know, and, um, I would follow their campaign, get their emails of their updates. And I would be like, you know, <laughs> not that these aren't, you know, it's very interesting to read what's going on. But I do think there's also like when you keep it light and kind of, I don't know, goofy, it makes it more fun to actually read it and not just be like, oh, I don't really give a shit. <laughs> Who cares? So thank you for saying that because we definitely tried. <laughs> I mean, I... I kind of think oh you know what i'll try crowd from the game but i honestly don't know and i know so many people who are successful with it that i really you know i could ask you i could ask you know other friends like how do you make this thing work but like i, yeah. I think part of me i'm just like yeah but i, I want to go and make my thing <laughs> so like, i end up just like making it in the way that i can rather than like yes the dream scenario of um people i'm just really bad at internet stuff like i don't even actively use instagram you know and i just feel like i'm kind of ugh. <laughs> I will say, you know, I, my, my, my coach, Izzy Stevens with Indie Spunk, I will shout her out because she's super, super wonderful. I just, I never would have been able to do this without her, but she was very adamant on, you know, you don't need to have like a shit ton of followers or anything like that. It's not, um, it's, it's just more about like having, you know, just like a, a small network that you can talk to. And I, the, the, the follower thing was not part of her plan. You know, her goals for me were about um, the money and the goal for me became money follower. And I liked that um, following did count for something on Seed and Spark because to me, it made me feel less strange reaching out to people and saying like, I just want money, but saying like, you can do this very like quick free thing for me. And if you want to do something else, you could do a money thing, but it's mainly like, and, and that did a lot of, um, it, it got donations in that way. And it made me feel less like about talking to people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you said about the uh, talking to people because yeah. I think that actually is like my real thing. I'm just kind of like- It feels weird. Yeah, it's, it's, it's I I totally know it does, and 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 that's why Seinsberg's nice for that. And I mean, I'm in a group with other women who are doing crowdfunding stuff right now, and they are not using Seinsberg. Um, two of them aren't using it, and um, you know, they're they're doing fine, and I don't know how it feels to them to be just saying like I'm looking for donations, but um. You know, <laughs> I guess it's nice that it works for them, but like it's totally I, also nice that you do not have to. Use I mean, there's usually some sort of reward. I know, like Kickstarter offers like perks, and then people get these like 
producer credits and sign scripts and you know blu-rays and whatever it is like yeah so and and on so on scene spark they say don't do anything physical so no physical perks for under a hundred dollars and my coach izzy says just don't do physical things at all because it goes back to that idea that people are trying to support you and they're not trying to get shit for free um so you know it's like i don't know there have you have you heard of critical role <laughs> no but enlighten um, me so critical role is a DD uh podcast that is very very successful and huge and they did a kickstarter i think it was on kickstarter for their vox machina um show that became show show like picked up by uh amazon so i don't know if ultimately they really needed to do the kickstarter or if they could have just pitched a show to amazon and would have just been fine but they had this kickstarter that got its goal in like a couple of minutes but if you looked at their um their like breakdown of how the money was going to be spent they had a bunch of physical stuff and i want to say about a third of the money that they were raising was to pay for the shit that they were giving to people yeah which i mean like and that's cool if you know you have like a big fandom you have like physical materials that people are interested in getting like that's cool and justin Justin Wested is my producing partner that was sending those messages to you. Um, that makes it sound like he's like just sending them to you, that he was sending to everybody. <laughs> it's, it's better for my ego if he's just sending them to me though. He's just like, Richard, we really appreciate what you did. Which yeah. is, and everybody else who reads this, this isn't about you. This is just about Richard. But yep. um, Justin's also my boyfriend. So I like am sitting like right next to him, like reading what he's doing and editing stuff. But um, so he, um, thought and i i don't disagree that you know perhaps a butt like cassie or for anybody that's listening that isn't familiar with butt stuff cassie is my lead actress <laughs> she's a she is a uh sex toy that is wearing red underpants so her very prominent vagina is not seen um and we thought you know people might enjoy like a little like a little pin of like a butt because <laughs> like it's just kind of funny and you know it doesn't have to be like oh that's like this thing for this film it's very specific of what it connects back to um but at the same time it was like this is a lot of work um and that's the other thing it's just it's a lot of work to do physical products it's expensive to get them to people and it's just takes time to make them or send them or whatever so um nothing I had to offer was physical. And um, the $25 perk is what Seed and Spark is very big about making because that's the biggest, uh, that's the most plentiful amount of money you'll be receiving, they say, from people. So the $25 perk needs to be like visual, shareable, customizable, personalized, all that stuff, which basically just means to me, that it's something that you need to be able to make really fast, send to people so they can share it and other people can look at what they shared and be like, oh, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and so that's where I made those, uh, you might have seen those. Uh, um, I had pictures of like doodles of Cassie, the butts that Justin made. And I uh, had backgrounds and that was what people customized. They said what color they wanted. 
And I would write like a silly, cheeky little statement to them in thanks of Cassie speaking it in a speech bubble. And I would send it to them and then I would share it on my story and I would tag them with a song too. And it would be like, that's it, cool, thank you. It's something small. They can forget about it after and they can also share it if they want. And other people can be like, why is this cartoon butt saying something to them? And check it out if they want, you know? Um, it's yeah. a great hook, isn't it? And like, you know, the cheeky title and everything. And it's like, what's it? Okay. Like it gets your attention. I had a big, like, oh, I don't, I, I had been very worried about the title um, because I um, have had people, you know, before the crowdfund, during the crowdfund, um, who seemed to think that I was basically just making like porn. Some of them are like, oh my God, like this is not for me, which is fine. But um, then some people being like, <laughs> like kind of into it, <laughs> like, whoa, now, wait a second. Um, and I just, you know, I was afraid that like my goals with the film couldn't happen if I had a title that was like kind of provocative while it's just a title that's supposed to be sort of silly. It's like a phrase we've heard and it just, it's not like this film has anything pornographic in it. It's just supposed to be funny. Um, and I reached out to a very lovely person um, that I had been in contact with who is a shorts programmer at Tribeca. And he told me that, you know, don't change it because any like sh programmer, um, that wouldn't watch it is like shitty <laughs> and that they you know just because of a title doesn't mean that it's automatically like taken like no we don't yeah and um, he gave me some examples of other titles that had been done in the past that were like provocative something about finger blasting was a title that I was like whoa yeah see <laughs> I'm not talking about that <laughs> but um yeah so you know I, I got this nice uh uh um what is the word for that I got a nice um reassurance that my title was okay and have this nice little connection to a Tribeca shorts programmer who is a lovely human not just like oh he's just a programmer but he's just like a really sweet dude so yeah but you know so maybe butt stuff gets to have like a really fancy laurel in the near future that'd I mean, be cool <laughs> seems like a good connection to have <laughs> yeah I know <laughs> so I mean like it's funny because I've spoken to people on the podcast before and you know in life about all this kind of stuff, like how? Yeah, I mean, not as often as I speak to people via the safety oh, of the internet, but like, I, I, have, I like, I remember seeing humans in the past. Um, it just seems like so much work. Like, how much, how much time did did you and Justin put into all this? Just, just the campaign and stuff. So I worked on the before I like launched it and stuff. I worked for about like six weeks making that video so the pitch video editing the pitch video redoing the fucking pitch video <laughs> um god blue screen stuff has just been the bane of our existence for a while now um but uh writing all the text out 
getting feedback and editing it, putting the list together of the people that I was reaching out to first, like soft launch people, um, writing the messages that I would be sending to them. All of that, six months-ish um, hours. I don't know how many hours that took. But um, then like during the 30-day launch, I spent I maybe like three hours a day on it. Um, and like, I guess it's not a huge number. It, it becomes a bit of a undertaking when you're um, also like doing other regular jobs and trying to take care of your health <laughs> and trying to sleep. And for me trying to like read, cause I like reading and I also think it's good for me to be reading. So I don't, I don't know. Somehow in my brain, I'm like, if I don't read frequently I'm going to like, just go super downhill. Intelligence down, <laughs> I'm, I don't know. So I'm trying to take care of my mental health and my camping. <laughs> not I mean, I guess it's not just the time as well because there's also this element of like, is this actually going to pay off? You know, because it's yeah. I so Seed Spark has a a picture on the dashboard uh, in like your private viewing, and it has a like typical campaign progress. So it's like there's like a solid line, and then it's like this is your campaign, and it's a bar. And I, <laughs> not to brag, but I was always well above that line. Um, and that did make it feel a little, um, you know, felt nice, felt like calming to see. Um, early on, somebody gave me a thousand dollars, which was helpful because, you know, there's certain goals that you want to hit at certain days. And my coach wanted 30% um, of the total hit by day one. Seed and Spark says 30% by day three. Now, I was more of a day three 30 percenter, which was fine. Um, and then a different person that I didn't ask did $1,000. And I was like, oh my God, like, was this a mistake? Like, did they press the zero button too many times? And, um, but they, it wasn't a mistake. And, um, and I, at, like that was on day i want to say like four does it tell you who like when the, when these people donate do you see who's done it or is, or is it kind of like nah there's so if you look on the seed and spark like on anybody's page there's a community tab and on the community tab you'll see like who followed which can i think if you connect your facebook they will put your facebook picture on if you put a picture on, they'll put it on. But otherwise, you just kind of have a bunch of these gray smiley faces because people are like, yeah, just do it and forget it. But then next to that collection of the followers are the donations. And it will say this person made a cash pledge on Seed and Spark. It is unique to filmmakers because if somebody wants to pledge like a location, like you can use my location, you can use my gear whatever you can pledge that i did not need that <laughs> so that was not quite the same but you can pick anonymous like you can be anonymous on that page but you are never anonymous to me <laughs> i always like i could see everybody's uh like if you donated i could see your like the amount you donated 
and I could see your email address so I can bug the shit out of you in the future, <laughs> which is not what I'm doing. But um, they gave an email like that you could see what email they did it with. So you're saying if I were a billionaire, I couldn't just like hide and anonymously donate to all my filmmaking friends because they'd know it was me. Well, I have a friend that gave me, I believe it was $100. And he told me that he named himself something weird. But so you could name yourself, you know, you could have a random email, you could give yourself a fake name, I guess somehow they would connect to your bank and maybe know your real name. But that is the way to be, you know, if you really wanted to hide who you were, but I guess yeah. most people are quite happy to go, hey, I gave you cash. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's fair. <laughs> and I don't, I don't know, like, I'm, I'm a fan of being like, being known for trying to do something nice i don't know that's a human flaw or if that's just hey pretty much everybody likes that's to pretty be normal recognized so like you know whatever but yeah so if it makes you feel any better unless you go really out of your way to be anonymous on a site at least on seed and spark you uh will not be anonymous if only anonymous to the other random people looking at the page who maybe you know you don't want to reach out to you to give money if that's a concern that people are poaching but i mean yeah. I, I guess that happens because people go oh this person's loaded they can just drop money it must be yeah oh and you do not know how much on the public page people gave right. so like you know you would be kind of taking a stab and hoping that this person gave like oh this is like one of the 500 donors and not one of the two dollar donors or something but yeah anyway oh. so tell me a bit more about like so you made the film and yes. then got money so like did you make the film with no budget or like your own money or like what how did that happen yeah i so <laughs> so let's see i made the film but stuff in pittsburgh i will say it's log line i i feel like i like it i feel like it's taken a lot of workshopping and i'm able to spout it out pretty quickly usually, and this is my uh, preamble to fucking it up, isn't it? Um, so Butt Stuff is about a man's sentient sex toy that becomes jealous of his relationship with a human woman. Human woman, my friend, Elena, the man, my friend, Jason. So friends all over working on this film. Cassie, my friend now. <laughs> Cassie <laughs> lives in a trash can behind me. Um, that sounds like she's in a trash can. She's in a stunt trash can it's not full of actual trash and her stunt butt lives there with her um two cassies but um in pittsburgh i made this with friends i um i had co-directed a film before it was my first film called this is a garden and i was worried about directing because i thought i would not i don't know just do it correctly. I was worried about having things to micromanage and a performance as well, because like arrogantly, I wanted to be in my film. So I, um, I was not disappointed with this as a garden, but there were things that I should have done on set that I know could have been improved like really just like watching all the takes back and being like continuity issues or um, performance with a different actor things. Um, so going into butt stuff, I was like, 
you know, fuck it. I'm going to be the director, even though I don't love directing. <laughs> it's not my best uh, suit. But I was like, I think I know what I want and I am going to do this and it is going to go well, just like affirmative. It will happen. Um, and I had, though, friends working in all of the other positions that if I had confusions, problems, whatever, I could be like, so I don't really know how to do this or whatever. And that's nice, especially if you're a newer filmmaker to feel confident in the people who are your like big hitting positions that you feel like you can actually talk to and be vulnerable with and be like I don't fucking know what I'm doing um which happens sometimes but um we filmed it in I think it was like three days it could have been two days but we had to shift a location for a random stupid reason. <laughs> um, we weren't allowed to use a um, kitchen where we were, so we had to use my kitchen, which just made it like, okay. But um, yeah, so we filmed it for, you know, whatever I paid. Like, it wasn't like we were paying for the location or paying for um, the labor. And I, I bought food. I bought Cassie. Cassie's from Wish. Um, <laughs> she's alarmingly small, <laughs> which I don't know. I can't help. I can't help that sex toys that are affordable are really tiny. Hopefully that doesn't upset anybody. I, it was not by choice. <laughs> and um, I, I, doing the crowdfunding campaign, I was like, you know, I want to be able to give my team some money retroactively for working on the thing, which hopefully feels nice and not like, well, okay, finally, asshole. <laughs> but you know, like you kind of get those film groups that just, you know, it's sort of like do things for each other for free. You just kind of trade off based on whose project it is. And that was sort of what this was. And yeah, then, um, well, here, I, I was about to go into a little tangent about something completely different. So. Oh, you feel you feel free. If, if it's good, I'll keep it in. I, <laughs> okay. I, I was going to say that, um, you know, then I had found an editor who she's she's very sweet and she's my friend. And I like how she's edited other things, but more like the reason I went to her was because I was like, okay, she can do this for free because I don't really have anybody that's getting paid for what we're doing. And um, in that time I had moved to Los Angeles and she eventually after, you know, there was time <laughs> spent, but she gave me a rough cut and I was like, oh God, the film is just so, it's like not funny it's not funny at all. It's bad. It's just boring and slow and all of these sad feelings about how I thought it was just the worst. And I gave her like a list of things to change. And I don't remember exactly how it played out, but eventually she sent me my external hard drive with the film and I learned how to edit so I could edit it myself. And I edited it in about two days and then it came time to like do okay we need like this pickup this type of pick which is hard when you think about it because 
um, I'm not in that location. I'm like physically across the country. So are you then <laughs> so, calling people in Pittsburgh saying, can you pick up a camera and go to this place? Because I need like this cutaway or like an insert here. I could have done that. I the the issue was that Cassie was what we needed in the pickups mostly. <laughs> um, that trash can I mentioned, the um, stunt trash can. I needed a uh, a a pickup of Cassie being thrown away, and we just didn't have her. That we just had her popping out of the trash can. So had to buy a trash can, and didn't want to get rid of the trash can. <laughs> So it's just hanging out. And that's where she lives, like I said. Um, and then, unfortunately, um, and, you know, I, I know things happen on set, but my friend um, that said he was really good with, like, green screen stuff, um, uh, we had to redo almost everything that he did um, with green screen. When he just straight up puppeteered Cassie, and there was no, um, you know, it was just like through conveniently hidden like things that you just can't see that there's somebody moving her around. Um, those things were fine, but we had to redo everything that involved just her and a green hand. We switched to blue. Blue was a lot easier to um, edit around. And Justin was the one who did all the blue stuff. <laughs> and, um, that's when I got my morph suit, <laughs> would often wear my morph suit to uh, to puppeteer her because it's just easier <laughs> to put on the whole stupid thing than just try to put it on your hand and it be like this giant amount of extra fabric just hanging around. <laughs> and that was always kind of fun to put on. And, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, can yeah. I can understand all this. Like I haven't had many opportunities to use them, but I do have both a blue and green morph suit sitting right there just for, for any given moment. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I think it for us, blue was more helpful because green being like, you know, on the opposite side of the color wheel of red and Cassie's underpants being red and then just like the tone of her skin having more greens in it would often confuse the computer with green yeah. and blue I don't know why it worked better but it just seemed to so blue was our was our choice and yeah got many times clearing things out behind me in the living room to just put out those giant uh I don't what are those things called that are you know like backdrops that you can fold into themselves and they're like circles and then you can unfold them and they pop out real like the reflectors reflectors okay yeah i, I mean and i don't know like you mean the photography things right the little it's like that but instead of being white for reflecting it's one side is blue and the other side is green i've seen those and um I, I, let's go with the technical floppy fold out blue and green yeah. things so I, like... and Lots of floppy, fold-out, blue and green yeah. things behind me, too. If, if either of my listeners know the correct answer, like, please feel free to let me know. <laughs> either. <laughs> Thank you, listeners. <laughs> You're very helpful. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, did that. And it um, had lots of videos of, like, my cats being like, what the hell is going on? Which is cute. But um, then, yeah, it just it took a while to finish the... Um, technical aspects even though the edit was basically all ready to go <laughs> and um then partnered with a um 
a musician. I was also trying to do one for free. That was a friend of mine. And he had a lot of other projects. And I was like, I see this is not going to be like a priority. And so I'm just not going to use you. <laughs> and that's maybe that sounds mean to be like, I'm not going to use you. Like, yeah, you shouldn't use people. <laughs> but anyway, um, a lovely composer, Anthony Luca, who um, I met during my time at the National Theater Institute at the Eugene O'Neill. He was our piano player. Um, I kind of told him about it and he was like, I feel confident in being able to score a comedy film because that's kind of hard, you know, what comedy films don't, I don't know, the music behind them can be really detrimental or it can be really helpful. And I had no idea what I even kind of wanted. And what he did, Justin, I would go to his house and he would like play ideas and we would talk about what we liked and didn't like. But for the most part, the entire time we were like, oh, my God. And <laughs> it just makes it so much better and ties it together because maybe I should have said this already, but Butt Stop is a silent film um, because it's so classy. And um, yeah, it's it, it's kind of weird. You maybe wouldn't think that it would be silent, but it's not. I don't know. It's not like it's, uh, it, it, it works. I, I think <laughs> it's, uh, there's like a few times sound happens. There's like a, there's a bed squeak. There's a, there's a fart and then there's a scream. <laughs> there you go. That's my, but I mean, that just means that it travels internationally, you know, if you make it silent, then you don't have to like, none of this like subtitle for this market, because it's so like, funny. No, it's, it's good. I didn't even think about how oh, that really it's the true. best. Like, that's, that's what it's about. Because, you know, like, uh, accidents aside, and birth defects, everyone has a book. So we can all relate. <laughs> that's very true. Every. <laughs> I only have one cheek. There's no, I have just one solid cheek, no crack. <laughs> I don't identify. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I mean, Cassie, her, her crack is very covered. So like I said, there, when I first got Cassie, there were some surprises about what she looked like. <laughs> and I was like, this isn't going to work. We have. <laughs> did you is, always order yeah. two identical? Cause you said she's got a stunt butt. So did you order two? Yes, I, so <laughs> the delightful journey of finding Cassie, we went to some like sex toy shops, which on McKnight Road in Pittsburgh, there were, I want to say three, maybe two, an Adam and Eve. And then like, I can't remember what that other adult Mart, I think that was the name of it. Um, but we like went to these stores because I was like, well, maybe we could just buy one in a store. And what I wanted was, <laughs> I described this, and it sounds so like horrific, but I wanted like a severed woman, basically. I wanted like a person missing their top part and missing their legs, just like the butt, like it's stand on its own. That's what I wanted. And no underpants, just, just a butt. And what I found of that was always at least like $500 because those pieces, those sex toys are usually cast out of like real people, sometimes real like porn stars, which make it more money. And I was like, I, I can't, 
<laughs> like I can't buy that. This is way too much money. And maybe you then have to pay that person likeness rights too. I mean, I don't know how that works. <laughs> maybe, yeah. I see. I and if I did that, and then like it got successful, and like uh, God, I was gonna say August Ames. She is not alive. That wouldn't have been a good example. Um, Abella Danger. Abella Danger is like, what the fuck? This is my butt. You can't use this butt. Um, rest in peace to August James. <laughs> but that's a whole different sad story. Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, so we, uh, you know, Wish has a lot of sex toys on it. And Justin found two that, uh, well, we found one and we bought two of it. And total 40 bucks. So Cassie was $20 plus shipping, I guess. And um, <laughs> one day it arrived and she's so small. She's just so tiny. And I was like, oh God, she's just so tiny. It's very strange. <laughs> but um, she also had a super prominent vagina. It was so just right in your face. And I was like, oh no, this is not what I, <laughs> because a butt is funny, but like a vagina is like pornographic. So I can't have just like a fucking like genital sticking out in the middle of everything. So um, Kmart was going out of business. Rest in peace to Kmart too. Um, and uh, there were sales such as sales on children's underpants. Found, uh, got a few different children's size thongs and um, settled on the red one have uh, still had to do binder clips to fit it nicely against her body. But that vagina still was popping out of the edges. So underneath Cassie, the uh, show Cassie, not the stunt Cassie, <laughs> this is so gross. I took fishing line and I sewed her vagina closed <laughs> because I needed it to not be popping out. And it was really popping out the sides. So when I closed it, uh, you know, the pieces are still like there, but it's a lot more contained. So the underpants can cover nicely and you do not see anything. And then, so looking underneath at her is very sad, especially now because it's been three years and uh, the fishing line and the silicone material um, have been pooling and now it just looks like it, it it just looks like shredded it looks fucking gross it looks so gross um she is unusable no one can have sex with this woman ever again sadly <laughs> and then the back of her is flat um and how I described before I wanted like something that could stand on its own it would have like a front a back whatever but didn't have that so now the back of Cassie, which is flat, has holes in it. And so she, you basically puppet her like a bowling ball. And uh, yeah, so she's like a bowling ball and you can just stick your hand in her and move her around. I, I used to bowl, so I, I felt confident with that. I, when I graduated high school, I had a scholarship, uh, a bowling scholarship. I, I was great. And so, um, yeah, anything that feels more like, like a bowling ball is, a plus to me so how do you get in yeah. she got like holes in like where the leg would be or like what's the no um just like yeah her <laughs> i could like bring her over 
which would maybe be kind of not helpful for a podcast but <laughs> i mean I, I could share a still like it does record the video i just I'll don't use it First I'll bring, so I can put it back, bring the you trash. No, in, in lieu of a nice headshot for the episode, I could just use Cassie. I mean, that's totally up to you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I realized that Cassie was my, you know, she was my star. So she's the more interesting person to look at. And then like personifying her. Okay. I'm talking like not into the camera, which is probably not helpful for you. Um, yeah, I, I worry about it. I can hear you. It's good. <laughs> I realized Cassie was my star to personify her also giving her like um a personality and stuff I thought was fun too so let's see do you want the uh the gross one first or the no no let's go gross I mean like gross there's no point okay. in so they both live in their bag their original packaging because um just makes it easier also she's so fucking sticky I had a lint roller on set, always was defuzzing this woman. <laughs> this is so sad. So this is naked Cassie. This is not how she arrived because of her. This is her. Um, wow, that is, As uh, I said, it looked a lot better when yeah. um, when I first got it, but the fishing line has been pulling and has just made it look like, I, I don't know, like someone's scissors and just chopped her up. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's probably a clinic she can go to, but I don't <laughs> I guess you could still put your dick in her butthole if you really wanted, but you know, I don't know. So yeah, and she's really small. If I don't know if you can tell. But um hi buddy, one of my cats I feel like if someone used that now, it would break your heart. Oh, and I mean it's she looks it's so sad. And people would like look at her on set and would be like, ugh. And I'd be like, I mean, don't look at her. <laughs> Just don't. I mean uh, the other thing is, so like, if this film gets really popular, mm -hmm. potentially you've got a gold mine there. You know, you just like oh. eBay Cassie. I know. I was thinking, do I want to get rid of her? I just, she's such a little baby. I love her. I this mean, you need her. you need both of those butts like on the shelf next to your Oscars when the day comes. Exactly. And if we get into like a nice festival that is Oscar qualifying, it could fucking happen. I mean, I don't Why think not? it's. But still, um, but yeah, so this is, this is uh, stunt Cassie, but uh, her, so like how her parts yeah. are like popping yeah. out. Yeah. This yeah. is what yeah. she normally looked like. There I you see. go. Yeah. If you <laughs> need it. <laughs> My cat's just like, hi, hi, Hurdle. Hi, Hurley. You're such a good boy. He's, everyone enjoys looking at Cassie. But yeah, so like when we would like be doing stuff with her on set, we would have to like, you know, you, you pull her underpants you set her correctly and then um it was so it was just hard to have her like her parts that we aren't supposed to see often kind of moving in moving out so that's why we had to do that but yeah so here's the the back it's really gross but here under <laughs> clips and then um she came with this hole it has it's like an air release hole so right. I don't know, kind of gross, but then and then the other holes are the bowling ball holes that you've yeah. Used then to, um... you put her yeah, you put her on your thumb like like that, and so you kind of have her holding her like that, and then you can puppeteer her. Through. I mean, this this isn't <laughs> shocking to me. Like I I have a Kermit the Frog in the other room, so it, it's very similar. Yeah. Really? <laughs> <laughs> well, bring it on over. <laughs> but yeah, here wait, like uh, yeah. 
Okay, there you go. There's That's some cute. super great shots of me holding Cassie. But yeah, so she just lives in, I always try to keep her in her bag so she doesn't get more sticky and hairy because Jesus, like, it's funny because you can't really tell on the screen but she's just covered in fuzz, like all the time, covered in fuzz. I don't know how anybody buys a sex toy and like can use it more than once. It's just, it is so hard to clean these things. <laughs> so, but yeah, and then I, oh, geez, just kind of tossed her. Sorry, Cassie. Um, and then I have this, the trash can. Back to the trash can. Okay, now she's put away. Yay, Bye. there we go. <laughs> hopefully you feel better for having seen i mean i i feel um informed I informed good point. good i know i love being able to show her off because she's so fucking weird <laughs> um I, you know and obviously like this is mostly audio so i guess you know you're imagining what it looks like it's pretty much exactly as she described it so i, I feel like you gave quite a, quite a vivid, vivid description there so we've heard a lot about your um but no your latest project so <laughs> I want to hear like your your like superhero origin story. So like, where was like baby April? And you're like, I want to be in the movies. Like, what did you want to do? Did yeah. you want to be an, an actor, a writer, a director, or like uh, head of a massive studio? Like, what's what's the goal? As a as a youth, I know I wanted to be. Uh, I wanted to do singing stuff. I wanted to do like musical theater. Um, I always loved, you know, like Disney films. I my favorite movie is still The Little Mermaid. I love The Little Mermaid. And the only autograph I've ever paid for was Jody Benson's on a Little Mermaid poster <laughs> that I still need to frame and put somewhere because I don't I don't know where the right spot is to show it off. But um I I I started doing like plays and stuff in high school because that was like that was like offered there. I grew up in Johnstown, Pennsylvania. And so there weren't a lot of opportunities for film stuff necessarily. And I had never done film stuff, it just wasn't even really a thing. And um, so I did theater and went to school then to college. I went to two different colleges to, uh, I started out with musical theater and then bumped down to just theater because I was trying to double major because that was like my parents were very adamant on me getting a double major. <laughs> um, and then what was, tried... what was the like straight role? What were you doing for like your like for the like the other major for um, the like the like normal life? I was I was thinking it was like the Matrix if you take the blue pill. Oh no, not that bit. The one of these lives has a future. <laughs> so my boring choices, I yeah. guess. I was doing uh, PR and advertising. Um, I worked, I liked working in the library. That was like my, my job most of the time was library work. Sometimes I worked in our scene shop. That was like my first year at Seton Hill. And then I transferred from Seton Hill to a school called Point Park, which, you know, wasn't like the most amazing school or anything, but I definitely was happier there than I was at Seton Hill. Um, and at Point Park, they had a film department and that like the students there. Needed... As somebody who knows nothing about geography, is this still like Pennsylvania or what's the? So um, Seton Hill was in a location in Pennsylvania called Greensburg and Point Park was in Pittsburgh. Okay. Um, not like too far from Johnstown, both of those locations, but um, 
I lived on campus for both of those. And um, then at Point Park, I was a an RA. So I got to live there for free for a bit. Um, but yeah, so the people who were film students needed actors and whatnot. And um, I wasn't like getting your first year at Point Park, you weren't allowed to be cast in anything. You had to do like tech work. And then after that, you could audition. I never like people very much felt like there was of like there were favorites. There was a hierarchy. There was all kinds of politics going on behind the scenes. Um, all that stuff. So I ended up the mo with most of my time, uh, I was doing films with students or films in the community. And um, I did a lot. I did a lot of fucking films there and it was great. And I mean, I learned a lot by doing, which always is nice. I felt really confident in my knowledge of like terms on set, how to like what I'm supposed to bring to the set um, what I'm not supposed to, like what I don't have to worry about, um, what's annoying to hear actors do, all that fun stuff. And um, then, yeah, I, so then after I graduated, I went to the National Theater Institute and I learned more about um, other elements of making your own stuff. They were more focused on theater as their name maybe suggests, but um, I had, then after that, I went back to um, back to Pittsburgh and moved in with Justin. And, you know, I had enjoyed writing as a kid. I always thought like author stuff was like my future. Um, but then, you know, just was more interested in acting. And I would do projects, but I would get frustrated with the way that I was treated or the way that uh, something just was written really shitty or, you know, just Okay, like... give me a horror story. I want an example. You don't have to name names. Oh my God. Unless um, you want to, I mean, unless you want to name God, now there, there was this guy on a set that, um, his, so we'll, his name's Greg, we'll just, Greg. Um, and he just seemed like he, like he just brought that like really dude bro energy and seemed, but like in a destructive way. <laughs> and I think he thought that it was like fun to be really like mean to people and that that was like humor. So I was playing a sister, an older sister. I had a person who was 17 or 18 playing my younger sister so basically like a minor, maybe she was even 16, I don't know, but she, she was so sweet. And the, and this Greg person would like every like opportunity he had, he would like remind her that she looked fat, which she totally did not. And I don't know if that was like the joke or what, but he would like say that she looked fat when we would be eating, you are getting fat when there was like food for like a prop on set and you were supposed to be eating it for the scene, stop eating the prop because you're getting fat, like all of that. And I was like, she is a child. What are you fucking doing to this? This is so shitty. Um, there was a scene where I was on a staircase yelling at my dad on the ground. So I was up a bit of the staircase and they needed a light at the top of the staircase 
to shine down. And um, Greg was like in a bad mood and I was on the stairs and they, he wanted to like go home and I didn't have a good out to get away from him because the way the stairs were, it was like wider. And then there was, then it like shrunk because there was a part of the ceiling. So I was kind of nestled, 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 nestled into this little corner and trying to get away from him because he was coming with a light and he hit me super fucking hard in the crotch with a C-stand because he wouldn't like wait for me to get out of the way. And um, just so like I got hurt on that set and like personally was told a bunch of mean things and then also was like trying to verbally stand up for my co-star who was getting the biggest shitty talk to uh, I, I don't know it just it was so shitty and it was just like this whole thing is like a great example of why it just sucks sometimes when you're an actor and you're like on a set trying to do stuff trying to just do your job and then other people make it so difficult to just enjoy what you're doing and all you want to do is just leave um and that set made me like they wanted me to drive um oh this was a different this was a different project that that guy was on it was a different thing um but they wanted me to drive and i didn't know that they wanted me to drive on roads i thought we were just driving back and forth or something like that on like a because they lived in an out of the way kind of area. They're like, no, 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 we want to drive you, you, we want you to drive on a road, we want you to use your car, and we want you not to wear glasses. And I wear glasses to drive, because that is something that I need to wear glasses for. And um, I felt pressured by Greg, who was intimidating and scary and mean and just like not wanting to be difficult you know you don't want to be the difficult actor and I was like I'm not into this but I guess we can use my car and I can drive partially blind and you know that's scary and I did it and it was okay but it's not cool that we did that <laughs> um so yeah you know just, just stuff that you know you try to maybe it's like as a woman you are trying to please people you don't want to burn bridges you're told everybody knows everybody else in the industry so like if you make one mistake that <coughs> was, you're like Fucked. was this st still there or was this like after you moved like this is was... all in pittsburgh right um yeah so i'm sorry for asking like i could tell you like oh, no. that, and i'm just like oh, but no i mean I it's, it's just like it's frustrating that and, and that's like a a motivator to be like i would like to just make my own stuff because like on the worst end of the spectrum, you know, you're getting like kind of verbally or sometimes physically abused or taken advantage of on a set or there's like creepy men. I've had creepy men experiences on set that are awful. And then on like the not as bad, but like still ugh, is like when, you know, you're doing it because you feel like you need to do something, but you don't think it's like, good you don't think that anybody seems to know what they're doing the writing's bad the project's stupid whatever so you know there's like all these reasons that it's just a lot easier sometimes to do it yourself because you know that you're making something that you care about <clears throat> and um 
I don't know, that isn't dumb, that isn't bad, that you're gonna have more enjoyment doing, even though of course producing your own stuff is a whole headache of its own, you're also able to pick the people that you're working with. In, in theory, you don't, you hopefully know people, of course you can bring new people on and that can be not awesome sometimes, but you know, you find your team that you enjoy working with and then that team of yours kind of does most of the stuff together that you make and that's how it was in Pittsburgh and now I'm like making more of my team around here in Los Angeles so you know hopefully that continues to go well because I've found people that I like um but yeah but just, how long have you been out there and like what was kind of the the motivator like what was out you know, here in Los yeah. Angeles yeah I've been here for just about three years and um I don't so I knew like I wanted to move at some point and I just never really knew when I never knew what was like the right time. And I had just done a, uh, I, I got on TV for my first time um, doing one of those murder reenactment shows called Murder Made Me Famous. I was playing Carla Hamalka, one of the Ken and Barbie killers. If anybody is familiar with those people, the evil Canadians, so cool. Um, but it was like a really large role um, because it's like one of the biggest people on this thing. And um, I I went to Dallas, they like flew me to Dallas to film it. And the set was like, so nice. It was so fast, everything, everyone was so like on their game. It was amazing. And like, I just was really treated nicely, <laughs> which was really nice. <laughs> and I felt like I was doing a good job. I wasn't getting much direction, which sometimes is, you know, kind of nice when you feel like, yeah, I'm just going in, doing it right. Everybody's happy. Awesome. <laughs> um, and yeah, and so that like felt good and felt like it made me feel like into what I was doing again. And it felt like, okay, cool. I just did this like bigger thing that now I feel kind of like I can be in a bigger city and whatnot. And uh, Justin was really helpful because he had moved across the country in the past and back. And um, he really helped with getting that to happen and like me being scared and that he, he helped with fear and with parents not really being super supportive about it and all that stuff. Um, so mainly I have him to thank, <laughs> but, um, and I don't know if that is, like, is exactly the reason why it was the time or if it was like just feeling, oh no, I'm like getting older, I need to go. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I've been here, was here for a bit and then the pandemic started and I just started taking a bunch of classes and um I had always liked writing but I don't know like I and I did write stuff before but then I started taking classes that were specific about like types of writing that you can do and I just I don't know I feel like I almost feel like I'm a writer first now because I just really love that <laughs> and um yeah and so like my goal if i could like do anything is to have shows and movies that i write that i also get to act maybe star in like i love seth rogan i love seth mcfarlane basically like that voice acting on cartoons or being leads in films with 
the things that I make um, sounds really fun and mostly comedy stuff because I don't know, I just find that to be much more fun to make and more fun to view. I, I guess like it's nice to always have like a statement about what you're doing and to try to like save the world with your piece. And sometimes I can do that, but more often than not, I just want to make people laugh and have a fun time watching something dumb, <laughs> like my killer butt. That's such a good answer. And it's like, I, I have a similar thing to you actually. And it's like, what do you want to do? So, well, I, I just want to like make a thing exist, you know? It's like, yeah. yeah. It's, it's like, yes, it's very nebulous, I suppose. And I mean, I don't know, to make like specific things, it's kind of, sometimes it's difficult. Like I know that my, I, I tell people in like classes, I want to write for Robot Chicken because I love writing sketch. Blackout sketches are awesome. And I love like random pop culture and especially like old cartoons and shit like that, which is so much of what they cover. And I think I'd be a really good fit. And so like, I always say that because like that to me is like, oh, that's like my nearest goal. I could possibly do that. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, but when it comes to everything, you know, that would just be really awesome to have um, or to be like, like a Mindy Kaling. I love Mindy Kaling, like being the head of your show, having awesome shit to be shown to people, having books. I love, as I said, reading. I like writing books too. That'd be great too, all that stuff. I just want to have a lot of money. <laughs> I just, you know, I just want what everybody wants. <laughs> so, are you like going up for roles? Are you represented out there, like as an actor, as an actor, or like what's the? I am repped with Starburst Talent at the moment. Um, my agent's name is Brian, and I just got an audition today. Before when we were, when I was like, you know, on standby, mm -hmm. I um I was looking at the script because they sent the whole script which is interesting sometimes when you get the whole script instead of just a side and I was just looking at it and I was like okay this is different interesting but yeah I um I find though that I don't often I, I don't always prioritize acting stuff because I'm just more interested in the um in making my own work and whatnot and you know i i hope that i can um you know i'm i'm hoping that butt stuff gets some success that opens some doors for me to perhaps have a rep in the literary department so a lit rep is not easy <laughs> to come by but you know it would just i don't know i just find that like like i love doing acting stuff but doing it for random people sometimes i guess i've just been burned so many times that it just is easy to fall let it fall by the wayside and really care about making the things that i am in control of <laughs> I, I do like really love some of the stuff you're saying because it's kind of like you're kind of like me plus a few steps because i'm like yeah i feel that way too but then like you're out like making it happen and you've got this like little big movie that's uh you know it's 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 going places you're getting attention for it and you know if you do get the oscar qualifying festivals and so on can you you know i was gonna say can you imagine that but i know you can like sitting on the I, shelf there 
I mean, <laughs> I think it would just be really funny if that actually were to happen, which I guess I just, I mean, AMC likes to show the Oscar qualified, the Oscar nominated shorts, the animated and the live action ones. This is nothing like any of the things I've seen. So I don't really think it fits there. Yeah, but, um, but I mean, even like Oscars really aside, if you win stuff. Like... Just anything. I mean, I, I know that Sundance is a very political place as well. I mean, is every place political? I guess maybe I'm sure, but like, the Sundance has been taking some weird films. They have like a kind of like a midnight type of thing. There was a there's a film called The Procedure, and it's about a guy that gets kidnapped. He wakes up in a room that's white, stark, strapped to a table, and above him in the ceiling, uh, a panel opens, and a whole ass is above him, like a naked man's ass butthole and all it gets lowered onto his face it farts on him it gets pulled back up into the ceiling and then he gets set free and that's the whole film and it was a fucking Sundance film and it yeah and I'm like you know you know I mean I don't have a bare butthole in mind that's I think that's okay but I what I'm getting at is that I think it like it fits into some of these festivals that are trying to like have more of a strange uh element to it it has um like i guess um the the thing about the procedure is that it looks really nice like the the shots the composition the color everything is very well lit and i think that butt stuff has that going for it so you know, at the very least, I don't have to feel like it looks like it was shot on like a shitty phone or something like that. So that's something going for me. And hopefully people see that and are like, yes, we want this. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, as, as someone who makes films that aren't particularly technically proficient, having them look good really just can't because <laughs> on the loser yeah. end of that. <laughs> I, I mean, well, hopefully you don't all you aren't on that end anymore uh, yeah i mean I, I i my problem is like i do what i can with the resources i have like i do everything as professionally and then it comes back it's like the writing's great the writing's good the acting's good and it's like well of course those things don't cost me anything like <laughs> yeah. um but then the elements of yeah, 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 yeah. you need yeah. to make friends with people that have gear <laughs> oh i'm doing it i'm making friends with yes. people who have gear yeah gear and, and knowledge and i think like for me you know I guess maybe you're similar, maybe not. You know, when you when you want to like be a part of everything, it's really hard to like, I guess trust somebody else. You know? Oh, definitely. I I hate, I hate that that's true. But it's I mean that's I don't like directing. I think directing's hard, and I get tongue tied about what I'm trying to say to people and make it difficult for an actor to clearly get what I'm trying to direct them to do. But I also find that when somebody else is in charge, I, I don't know. I don't always feel like they do the best job. <laughs> so, and it's, yeah, it's hard to give somebody else the reins of what you made, because especially as the writer, you really know in your head how you picture a lot of the stuff happening. So like what, like what's next? Like so, you're kind. Of, are you just working from this creative stuff, or do you, or do you like rely on day jobs to pay rent and stuff? Like how is that? 
and like well, where you're going from here. I um so I am a social media manager for a an, a business of acting company. I do editing. I do freelance editing. So editing for them, editing for other people. I um I do voiceover for a company in Pittsburgh, and uh it's it's a coding company for children. Um, so I do like, I read tutorials on how to do things in their system, which happens whenever I get a collection of those scripts. It's wonderful because I get paid a lot of money, but it doesn't happen all the time, of course, which is the nature of acting. But I've been doing that for about three plus years. Um, you know what I'm really I enjoying did. about this though? Like all of your side hustles are linked. <laughs> like that's like so smart. Yeah. Like I... Well, this one sort of linked, I guess. I do a uh, cinema score, which, you know, the like I, I am a survey upholster for cinema score, which I did not have to work today. I was hoping to poll Nope, but I was not put on Nope. So I saw Nope yesterday instead. Um, and uh, gosh, I, I'm like, I've never been to one of those. Like I've heard about them. Is it just like you give people cards to fill in or like? I give people a. Was it like an app now? It, it is a piece of paper and it has tabs and you bend the tabs down and you say, if you would rent the movie, you say, if you would buy the movie, you say why you came to see the movie, you say how old you are, uh, gender, age, rating A through F of the movie. And the only thing they publish is the A through F right. uh, average of the nation. And then I think they sell that other information back to the studios because Nobody else gets to see that stuff, but why do we ask it? So, yeah. Um, and that's, you know, it's pretty easy. And then you get paid to go see a fucking movie, but you probably would have already seen anyway. So that's nice. Um, I, mean, I will watch anything. I'd be the worst person that card. I'm like, well, I appreciate this, this, and this. Cause I'm like, you know, thinking about it. Did I enjoy the movie? And then if not, I'm like, what did I enjoy? Like, I'm just far too generous with movies. Well, that's nice. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I mean, I give lots of A's because I think, is this, I mean, is this my favorite movie? Not necessarily, but did it do what it was trying to do? Like, mm -hmm. that's where I go with it. Like if it did what I feel like it was trying to do, yeah, hey, I'm not being shitty about a film like that I didn't think. It's like, oh, it's like Pause of Fury. I had the full files Pause of Fury, which I think did what it was trying to do. Hey, even though it wasn't like my favorite, like, yeah, there you go. But um, yeah, so I do all that stuff. Um, and it's, and it takes time and energy and I'm making things though. So it's still like creative, I suppose, in a way. <laughs> um, and then sometimes I end up writing with, I have a friend that has a company and I've done, uh, writing for, uh, people's reels, real scenes, um, you know, like when an actor just needs to show that they can play a role, but they don't need to make the whole project. I've made just, you know, page long things for people. Um, yeah, but um, I'm sorry that I, I feel like I lost track. The question though was like, what am I doing next next besides regular jobs? <laughs> um, I've been working on a, a feature script with a friend that has an environmental element to it um, that we're trying to partner with a nonprofit to fund us, who then that nonprofit has connections to certain celebrities that are on the board 
of that nonprofit. And my friend already has this connection to the head of the nonprofit, much less than members of the board that are cool people in the Hollywood. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's sort of the next thing I'm focusing like that creating energy on. Also, uh, I'm making, I'm, I'm trying to really, uh, perfect my, my sketch packet with lots of options because, you know, when you make a sketch packet, you can put whatever you want in based on the job. So I just want to have like a nice pool of sketches that I feel like are like ready and done and good to be read. Um, pilots, I'm in a class right now about pilot writing and I'm, I'm enjoying what I have. It's about Lilith, Adam's, Adam, Adam and Eve, uh, his first wife, Lilith. Um, it's about her. And um, yeah, I'm, so I'm like working on getting my writing materials in order for if this opportunity of like butt stuff going places gets me like meetings and stuff. So that way I'm ready <laughs> and not like, oh fuck, I wish I was ready, <laughs> but I'm not. See, trying to use the noodle, <laughs> all that good stuff. I mean, like, it sounds like you're like really on it. I'm like, wow, she's so she's like covering this thing, this thing, this thing, <laughs> this thing. That's like, yeah, no, it's it's good. Like, I I I think this has been a great conversation. Like, you're a you're a good connection to have. I don't mean to like use you in a business way. I just mean like, no, it's, no. It's like it's great to talk to people who are that passionate about making movies. I mean, that's why I do the podcast, right? Like, <laughs> no, please, please um, use me. I don't, I don't mind. Well, April, this has been absolutely awesome. And I hope we get yeah. hundreds of thousands of listeners. And oh, you go yeah. like, when, when, when Butt Stuff wins the Oscar, like everyone's going to go back and listen to every episode. So thank you for that. I would, that would be really fun retroactively to hear like, you know, and I have high hopes for it. I don't know if my hopes are crazy but um i like to think i'm sort of realistic with what i'm hoping for and working towards and networking for um so yeah i hope that anybody listening to this can feel like they got something helpful out of it hopefully crowdfunding stuff i think that was helpful <laughs> I mean, it's um, helpful to me I, even if it's not helpful to anyone else <laughs> yes there we go i helped one person and it was the person that asked <laughs> excellent yeah really nice to meet you i hope to like meet you in real life at some point <laughs> yes please move here more I, friends i mean i i feel like i should definitely at least spend time there like put some feelers out make some connections you know sherpa's darling and all definitely that. <laughs> and here i guess whenever um i i am like oh i want the clean ending but i also want to keep saying stuff to you about that so all right so um yes. we'll, yes. we'll keep chatting okay enjoy the episode yeah, everyone yes. <laughs> thank you so much everybody